Welcome back, you nerds. Oh, my neck. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> you okay? <clears throat> I went to go use my stomach. All right. Uh, welcome back, guys. Sorry. Uh, this <laughs> this episode is pretty much going to be ruled by Star Wars. Star Wars news. We got a bunch of stuff to go through, so we're just going to get it started right now. And the Mandalorian. Yes. Um, Star Wars. <laughs> but but um, before, like, we, we were talking about a bunch of, like, little news things. Mm -hmm. uh before all that stuff so like i don't know josh if you saw it. so like to anybody listening out there our uh, neighbor in the duplex we live in um is a writer for the daily mail so we get like a little scoop at least whenever i go out to my car and uh <laughs> she uh so the latest thing is that amazon is looking to potentially buy amc huh that's big um because who was it last time it was disney we heard there was another somebody we just talked about it a couple weeks ago about somebody else possibly buying buy AMC. Oh, Netflix. Mm. I mean, that's. A, I mean, to be honest, that would be a good move because so, I wouldn't want Disney to buy it. Because <laughs> yeah, Disney what's, owns what's, everything. What's weird is, um, you know, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think like Disney is actually not in the position to buy, but to be bought. Mm. And so it, it, it's. I don't. I don't know enough about business and like stocks and you know ipos and all this stuff but like it has something to do with like the potential for like what businesses could continue making money depending you know like on like if these the current world circumstances go certain directions and stuff oh yeah yeah um so like you know like disney i guess the shanghai disney world or disneyland or whatever it was just reopened mm -hmm. um and we're gonna see you know it's gonna take what like two or four weeks <laughs> To see like if that's a disaster or not, if they're able to manage it. Um, but like if Disney's not able to make money, and you know like an an Apple can, you know because they have other things that are you know like the people are using when they're home. Yeah, and stuff. It, it might just it, it's like what did someone one of the film critics called it a fire sale. <laughs> you know like some some of these companies are like okay so a bunch of these other companies are being devalued at the moment and this is when we could scoop them up and then the other companies have no choice. You know unless they just want to go under. Um, I think with the was it Amazon? Mm, let me make sure I double check. I think I think I think it was Amazon, just because like they're you know they that makes buy, the most sense to be honest. They I, could buy everything right now. Yeah, they got money to actually put up. So because I don't know we'd also talked about like the possibility of like the like theater kind of industry shrinking a lot, oh, and yeah. they'd at least have the money to keep it up. It is Amazon. Yeah, I I think um, I forget if it was Amazon or another Chinese company or like or uh, AMC's parent company, which is a Chinese company, mm -hmm. um, saying something like they would have to like try to bail out, or if Amazon was going to try to help bail out AMC, it would make more sense to just buy it outright instead of trying to do this weird lending thing and stuff, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's interesting, and that like with the whole thing like Universal, you know, they're tied to like Comcast and stuff, so they're not worried about like theatrical releases. Mm -hmm. um, but then you know you mentioned Disney and this is like we're just like kind of flashing through all the news stuff I don't know if you saw but like Hamilton got pushed up by over a year and hmm. it, like so uh, Hamilton was supposed to come out next summer not the, not the not like summer 2021 mm -hmm. or maybe later um, but it's uh, it, it's a, a professional filming of the Broadway show oh. so I guess like a really good director went and shot three Hamilton shows on Broadway and they were going to release it in theaters um 
because they kind of wanted to capture, you know, like the energy of the original show or whatever. Oh, weird. And so it was supposed to come out in theaters, and they Disney just announced this morning that they're just going to drop it on Disney Plus on July 3rd. It was yeah. 15 months early. Why not? Yeah, but I guess it, so. It's yeah. wild. But they said, I think they said that they invested $75 million or something crazy. How Holy do you, what? Like, I don't Did know. Like, I've, I've, it's some crazy number, um, I think. Look, look, look at that. I gotta go look at it again. That's a it, lot of money for just, you know, shooting some live shows. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it, it depends on how extensively detailed. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what goes into it because you got Lin Manuel, Manuel Miranda, and then like the like half the cast are other stars that you know in their own right now as well. Yeah, because I think some of the Broadway cast ended up going to like TV and film. I was gonna mm-hmm. say if they weren't uh, famous beforehand, they're definitely gonna be famous now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of them are because I I've never seen. I mean, Hamilton. like movie famous though, not just oh, like gotcha. theater famous. Yeah, so they, it it was a bold move that was just kind of out of left field. Like it was the the thing. Like Hamilton was one of the most like uh, 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 like things that people were like waiting on. Yeah, to come out in theaters and for them to just be like, hey, it's going to be a Disney Plus. They just like, bypassed everything. Not twenty dollar rental, nothing. They're just like, here it mm. is. And cool. I, I don't know what the thinking is behind it, other than maybe just goodwill. You know, maybe maybe some signups. I mean, there's the argument of like, well, maybe it's for new signups, but you can get a thirty day trial for free. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, mm. I don't know. I mean, it's bold move. Maybe they're just like playing chicken with the other services and stuff. You know, <laughs> like we got we got like something that not only was supposed to come out this season, it was supposed to come out next season. Jeez. Which is wild because it reversed the Lin Manuel Miranda release schedule because this summer was supposed to be in the Heights, the movie. Yeah. And it wasn't the Broadway show; it's an actual filmed movie. Mm. Um, but that got pushed to next summer, and now. <laughs> This came, so it happened in reverse. So interesting. I, I would love to be a fly on the wall just, of like those decisions. Sounds like the wild, wild west now because, I mean, there are no like written rules of how to conduct yourself in the, a pandemic like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just everywhere. And then uh, I think the last little thing I saw was um, Quibi is like tanking like phenomenally. Mm. And Jeffrey Katzenberg. The idea just sounded stupid. <laughs> did you see the quote though from him? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's he, he, I'm not gonna butcher it, but if you look it up, it pretty much says this. He says he blames every bit of Quibi's failure on the the pandemic. Oh boy, and crap! Most people are like, um, it's the opposite. So, so what's the wrong? What? Yeah, it's like if like what? Like so, and I think like a lot of YouTubers already see the inherent problems with it. Is that there's the only marketing they did was for the namesake. Yeah, like we didn't besides we didn't see what it does besides like Reno nine one one there wasn't anything like recognizable you know yeah mm-hmm. they were advertising and then you heard by word of mouth like oh chrissy Teigen has a show but we didn't see a commercial for it yeah it i just saw Adris Adris quibi commercials <laughs> yeah adris elba was another show and supposedly on there and so like uh you know all the youtubers are just kind of like they didn't reach out to a single like um creator in the digital space no you know like it was all celebs like phil defranco was joking but I think it would have killed. Like he was like, you know, he was like, well, they should give me twenty million dollars to move this show to Quibi exclusive. And it's like, you know what? Wouldn't have been the worst idea, yeah. you know, to get a news show in ten minute bites from like arguably one of the biggest news shows on YouTube. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, hire a crap ton of people from YouTube that are already big, move them over yeah. there. Yeah, because they're already used to making like shorter form content. Exactly. And, I don't know. At least some, just just so that like. Because they were saying, because like what a lot of creators do now is like they have like especially educational YouTubers have their YouTube channel, they put the free content up, but then they also like do Skillshare, 
um, like lessons. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. it's not behind a paywall. But then they're able to like advertise. They're like, oh, and if you'd like to learn more about this camera, I have a whole course on it on Skillshare. You know, yeah. Yeah. and stuff. So they can they could have gone that way, but it kind of goes a show. I did, I I guess I either forgot or didn't know that Jeffrey uh, Katzenberg was like the brainchild of all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of goes to show that like traditional Hollywood just doesn't get like new media at mm-hmm. all. You no. Know? They still don't get that crap. Music industry doesn't get tra- newer media. Mm-hmm. Hollywood doesn't get new media. It's just radio is dying. Like they're, they're dumb. They're, they're idiots. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's interesting because I think they said the telltale sign was that when Quibi debuted, it was like number fifty on the top free apps or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. It's a free app. And you get three months for free. Jeez. And they couldn't get people to sign up for it. So it debuted at fifty, wow. and then like I think now they said it's not even the top hundred anymore. And they said after uh, they got three million some downloads and like a little over one million active users, and they're like, you know, at the if you just throw that number out of somebody, like, oh, that's a lot, and you're like, but not really, like no. <laughs> a million active users is like, like, you know, like a lot of successful YouTube channels as far uh, for one person, yeah, let alone a network that has like a bunch of celebrities that have their own shows, yeah. Um, so it, it oh, you know what, that's. Maybe that's where I got the seventy-five million number. No. That's what it was. But the 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 Hamilton thing still was like a lot of money that they were just like because they were supposed to make theater numbers with it, you know. Hmm. And then they're just going to drop it for free on a six dollar month service. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, the, the Quibi thing was like a whole whole train wreck. That's really interesting. I, I don't know if if you're listening and you've been watching Quibi. I've heard mixed things. Like there's good shows on there and there's just like forgettable shows on there. So if you have any recommendations, you've been watching it leave a recommendation because yeah now is the time if you have any kind of content out there like the everything even our like rkvc our youtube channel all our numbers across the board just going up you can just tell people have extra time to watch stuff yeah yeah you know it's not any one video it's just like all the content has like a a push on it you know not push but like more eyes on it now because i'm just gonna guess more people are just browsing right everybody's got time yep well, uh, I think the rest of this episode is going to be like Star Wars related, but I mm-hmm. do have like one more thing. Okay. Uh, Swamp Thing is coming to the CW. Oh, interesting. I'm not happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like it was a cool show and it was dark, uh, but you know, they're going to move it to, they're going to move it to the CW. That means like any horror aspect of it is going to be literally gone. That's uh, going to be, you know, washed and it's just, I don't know. That's going to be very, very teeny after this. It's going to be kidified. Exactly. And the whole reasoning is like, you know, they kind of have like a dry spell in their programming. So (laughs) because of the, all this coronavirus stuff. So, so it's the swamp thing show that was on. Yes. And huh? Interesting. Remember like last time they can't, I think they canceled it because the season was over. Well, yeah, because I think it's something to do with the location I don't okay. know. I can't, I can't remember. And it was so long ago. Oh. It was a cool show, though. Uh, yeah. I, I don't I, know if I can't. I don't think I ended up watching that. Same here. I, I was I was intending to watch at least the first episode and never really got to it. But Josh, you watched it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, like, there's some cheesy aspects of it, but I mean, like, any kind of like fun monster horror is going to have that. So yeah. You know? Real quick, I know they said that was the last one, but Josh brought up a good point before we start recording. So last week we left the cliffhanger of like big Mortal Kombat news, the uh, yeah. teaser, 
if you haven't played the game yet and you want to play story mode, skip ahead a couple minutes because major spoilers <laughs> for the game. But um, they so the the end of Mortal Kombat 11 is basically end game. Time restarts. Mm. Liu Kang and Raiden is te- Liu Kang is a god. Raiden's no longer a god because com- it's a whole convoluted story. And and they're at the end of time. And Liu Kang, um, this is the the ending where Liu Kang and Raiden are recreating time. And that's how it ended previously. Yeah. Or you had another ending where he restarted time with Katana, who's his, you know, his uh, bride in that ending. Um, the one they chose to go with is the one with Raiden, um, which Mortal Kombat, they know the demographic, bros before hoes, you know? <laughs> um, so it, it, Liu Kang and Raiden restart time. And then in this DLC trailer, uh, Shang Tsung interrupts the ending that we saw. Yeah. And they immediately announce Fujin, who hasn't been in a Mortal Kombat game for 14 years. Everybody lost their mind because he's uh, he's Raiden's brother, right? Um, so he really is like a whole like family affair. Uh, he's the Wind God, and then um, then they announced uh, Shiva, who was in the original story mode, is going to be like a playable character now. And then all the DLC they had released in this first year are the main characters of this new story mode. And it's called Aftermath. It's crazy. Um, I'll try to put the uh, link to the trailer and the uh, thing so Josh can put it in the show notes. But like, mm. if you're a Mortal Kombat fan, like this was such big news, and they know the fan base so so well. Yeah. Um, some people are complaining, but those are the same people that would complain about every, like literally everything else in the game. You know, of course. Um, but the the Robocop, big, the big yeah, the big thing is like Shang Tsung is like no one can no one can know what happens next, not even me, and then. A uh, cop calls for backup, and then out of the cop car, Robocop walks out, and you're like, "It's freaking crazy!" What? The and whole deal, man. You see it happen, and it's a uh, what's his name? Uh, Peter Weller. Yeah, uh, um, is the uh, he, he's actually voicing Robocop in this, and they went with the old design, not the 2014 design. Yeah, it's yes, the OG, and uh, it's it's crazy because like they haven't. The, I think the gameplay trailer. See, it's funny. They ha- it's funny how they time this. The gameplay trailer for that DLC releases at 6 a.m. Like, what? What, like 10 hours from now? Like, oh, <laughs> nice. So, like, by the time you hear this, there already been a week of that trailer being out. So, you probably already see all this stuff. But people are already, like, coming up with, like, oh, man, they're going to have the data spike go through people's heads. And, you know, like, whatever his fatality is going to be. Also, we have the Terminator versus Robocop in a game. And oh, like, yeah. Heck, man. And Spawn. Well, we had Terminator versus Robocop. Yeah, oh, yeah, but no, <laughs> but I mean, like in Mortal Kombat, now they can do like now that they can was do cool though. Now they can do fatalities on each other. Yes, and then it, the trailer ends yeah. with Scorpion getting a giant teddy bear. They brought friendships back. Like, nah. <laughs> God, it, they they released another uh, teaser today um, of Kung Lao making a toy train set around his hat <laughs> oh, and playing with toys. And Noob Cybot does like double oh, dutch. That was hilarious with, Kane, the, with his own self. Kano literally has shrimp on the Barbie. It's it's. It's a whole thing. I'm so stoked. They're doing they're they're doing this right because uh, the the film critics have picked up that the reason this is happening is to all lead up to the movie coming out in January. Yeah. Mm, so that's cool. They're like this thing is dropping now, but it also probably means more stuff is going to keep dropping, like more surprises, yeah. all the way up through December, just to keep everybody's heads in the game. Well, that's good. When the movie comes out. And uh, I don't know, super excited because now there's like rumors of like, what if you beat the new story mode and then it unlocks Sector and Cyrax? <laughs> because you fight them in in high, you fight them in the original story mode. They're fully functional, but you can't play as them. Yeah. So it's like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they haven't they haven't announced any yet, but there's like 
they've only announced three of the characters and there's slots for like six total. So like where and no one's saying anything about it from so, Netherrealm. I hope I hope they do. So, yeah, so all the fans are like, what if you beat the story mode and then just these characters are unlocked now? Yay. <laughs> nah, like make it happen? Yeah, that's a, oh, amazing. Super, super happy. Cool. And then there's no smooth segue to Star Wars from there, but let's do no, it. No, it's fine. Uh, two two <laughs> short uh, news stuff of Star Wars beforehand. I can never say this guy's name right, but the guy who played uh, Jango Fett in the Clone Wars, uh, he was all the clones. Mm. Uh, he is going to portray Boba Fett in The Mandalorian Season 2. Gosh, so. that's awesome. So I, I heard that he was in the previous season of Mandalorian. Was that what I read? Uh, I don't know. Was and, it? Because, I don't know, I might be reading this wrong or I remembering it wrong but I thought that they said that he was in the previous season and people thought that was Boba Fett mm-hmm. and then his casting in this season kind of was like oh yeah Boba Fett was kind of in the background of the first season oh. I'd have to rewatch it oh it's just like a maybe he was back there kind of thing I don't know like, yeah. oh I he's mean, in the background here that'd be, a, yeah. that'd be a sweet little like easter egg though like after it's like a Pixar-esque you know like teaser of the next thing mm-hmm. also I'm excited uh, Katie see- oh sorry go ahead I was just saying, I'm, I'm super excited to see Boba Fett or Jango Fett, whoever ends up in this thing. Yeah. I mean, it was because you know, in the Clone Wars, uh, was it he's Boba Fett's like his the son of the guy that's creating all the clones, but he's creating clones of himself. Right. And so like he dies, Jango Fett dies, and his son, who is a clone of himself, which is weird, right. like, his is my son. Like, no, that's Boba. you. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's Boba Fett, and he's a little kid in the movie. But anyway. Uh, uh, Katie Sackoff, who actually voices Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars cartoon, is going to be uh, Bo-Katan in the Mandalorian season two. So oh, it's kind of crazy. Like, oh, well, we got like a crossover from a voice actor doing it. Like, that's pretty rad. Which is kind of sad though, because like the girl uh, Ashley Eckstein, who plays who's the voice actress for Ahsoka Tano, she's cosplayed as Ahsoka Tano before, and she looks like dead on. Like she oh, looks really? really close to us. So it's like, oh man, that kind of sucks that like, you know, Katie got to be her person in the Mandalorian, but Ashley doesn't get to be hers. I mean, like I like Rosario Dawson, but you know, it's funny. Like that's kind of Rosario's like thing now. Those replacing original cast members. Oh yeah, because uh, <laughs> when, when Rent came to movies, oh yeah, they had the entire original cast except for Rosario Dawson's character. She replaced the original cast member, and they just didn't cast her because they said she looked too old. Oh, wow. Can you imagine having the entire original cast except for you? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that is a smack. Jeez. So it's just like, I guess that's when you want to replace somebody. You're like, it's Rosaria Dawson. Yeah. Mm. That's funny, <laughs> that's though. That's weird. But anyway. Uh, I don't mind th- that at all, actually. Yeah. That's just weird to replace someone like that. Yeah. That's... It, well, that, yeah, that's weird. But. Uh, I'm, I'm down with that, though, too. This just week. Just in case you thought I wasn't. <laughs> sorry we're getting all delayed uh this week uh what was the name of this thing that we watched it was like it was, basically the mandalorian behind the scenes right it was like disney galleries it's the it's, mandalorian so it kind of a table it kind of implied that it's there's going to be more galleries of other original series they do you know because hmm. this is the way it titled this is disney gallery the mandalorian it was like well the, i guess there could be disney gallery wandavision disney gallery you know right hawkeye or something yeah it's just the way it's branded i don't know that for a fact it's just it's just interesting that they chose that preface you know to, mm-hmm. so explain it right so it's a sit down with all these directors that worked together on the mandalorian episodes some of them had their own so and then i guess all of them work together on some as it, well 
it was much different than I thought it would be. Not bad. I was expecting behind the scenes. There was some behind the scenes stuff, but it was essentially like a long podcast, like edited together. Yeah. Um, and the directors, they're very talented people. All right. They made some awesome episodes and I love their work. They're just boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I fell asleep in that first episode. Oh, um, wow. Like it, it I don't know, they were just like, and I thought I would like them because Taika Waititi and John Favreau and Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, and I'm glad that they're proud of themselves, but they were literally just complimenting themselves for half that first episode. <laughs> mm. um, the second one was more interesting because they pulled in like the VFX people and stuff. Yeah. And then they started asking the directors. See, that's where the editing came in because I was like, wait, wasn't the VFX guy sitting there? And they just cut yes. over and take over TT. <laughs> but they were asking them about like the legacy of Star Wars and the history and the arc of a hero and stuff. And that got a little bit more exciting mm-hmm. or a little bit more interesting. But like, it was still like, I don't know. It was it, I, it, it was like kind of like just a okay podcast to me for a while <laughs> until they cut to footage, you know, of them like some blooper reel or something. It was funny because like like what you just said is like the second episodes they're supposed to be you know they were they had Kathleen Kennedy there which uh, annoys me <laughs> to death oh. and she was boring as all get out. But then you're asking like some of the you know, the VFX people from the prequels and other stuff going on. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And halfway through that, they just cut back to the people that were in the first episode to like all the directors again. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, did you guys just get bored with the people before or not get enough, <laughs> you know? And then they, you, you could obviously tell in the second episode, like, we're looking for stuff to fill this episode with. <laughs> yeah, know? it was weird because I was looking forward to hearing more, especially from the VFX guy, because he was telling the story mm. about like how he started working at Skywalker, uh, Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and fun. and like um, how you know he knew that they weren't gonna ma- you know he like Star Wars was already made so he obviously wasn't gonna work on that but he was gonna hope to work on the next like thing that would be equal to Star Wars yeah and then he found out it was Star Wars mm-hmm. and stuff like those are cool stories to hear was Kathleen Kennedy the one that worked with uh, uh, Spielberg yeah uh, Spielberg and uh, Lucas on Indiana Jones is that yes. she was? Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and. It's just funny, like halfway through, they just cut it in, and <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. <laughs> However, like through both of those episodes, whenever like Dave Filoni talks, like you just see him, like even in like you could see the B roll of him, like, like when they just shoot like some of the behind the scenes stuff, and you just see him directing or doing what he's doing. He has like a smile on his face like the entire freaking time, like. And whenever he talks, he's like he's coming from all like this this area of like actually understanding the franchise. It's hilarious. Like at the beginning, he's talking to Favreau, and he's like, "Oh, remember the scene in Empire, whatever." Oh, he, yeah. And oh, Favreau yeah. goes like, "That's a that's a deep cut for me, man. I don't know." Yeah. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's just funny like to see him talking, and he was just so like you could tell he he loves like the lore and he's into it and understands every bit of it. And, you know, everybody else actually in the second episode, it's like he's sitting there going around, they're talking about something and everyone's just looking at him like you could tell they're intensely like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. When he was talking about the parallels of the hero's journeys. And yeah. Stuff, he explains was, everything. That was the moment he became interesting to me. <laughs> and, and then they stopped. And then it was like episode over. I'm yeah, like, no, it, 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 like this, this, this should have been like the beginning for me, you know, as far mm. as like an interesting series. I guess it would have been different if I would have like come into it being like, oh, this is a podcast with like all the directors. Yeah. I would have had a different expectation. I'll sit there like, I'm going to fall asleep. I fall asleep. Like, <laughs> yeah. But then he, he was so passionate at the end, like you said, like it, 
he he wasn't even he wasn't doing the comic book guy that's like well actually in the third thing the lot he was he yeah. was kind of like doing the overarching like uh principles of stuff and it just the way he put it was so like beautifully poetic mm-hmm. and i was like oh i'm really like i'm i i don't know what he knows mm-hmm. i don't and there's some there's a ghost that just knocked something off a shelf <laughs> um i don't know what he knows but i can read the passion in his voice and his eyes you know mm-hmm. and then that made me interested and maybe that's what it was the rest of the time everybody was just kind of like especially bryce dallas howard i think she's amazing but like she just i don't know i can't say that i remember anything that she contributed that was new to the conversation but that goes for everybody yeah mm-hmm. i think the closest was taika in the first i can't remember it was the first or second episode but taika at some point said something about like it's not funny it's just aware or something like that and or no it's 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 it doesn't take itself too seriously but it doesn't make a joke of itself it yeah. just believes in itself and remains humorous and i was well, like oh, that's a really good way of putting that you know i think he said humor is in, in the action is funny but not making fun of it so yeah. like 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 have humor in what you're doing in the action just don't like don't like point to it like hey look this is yeah. dumb <laughs> But right after that, he said something that I thought was really interesting. He said, like, it's never too serious, but it always believes in itself. And I was like, yeah. that's a really good way of putting it. He's like, you can tell there, the, the humor comes in for most of it is that we're on the outside watching in, you know? Mm-hmm. But for the actual characters, it's not that funny. They're just trying to survive. And these, yeah. these moments that come up humorously because we know they're going to survive or we know that, you know, we know something they don't. So we're just like kind of watching this play out. Mm-hmm. and stuff but the people like the story and the people in the story they all believe in it you know yeah. they're not like it's not like a deadpool you know you know can you believe this like <laughs> yeah for me it was the one of the first times i've ever seen uh, a show like this oh. that uh has so many directors on the same thing like i've i mean I, has anyone both of y'all have you ever heard of a show where there's six or seven directors on the set at the same time doing yeah shit? i did oh, see that were, it was kind of weird they, that they were on a lot of the same sets at the same time yeah but think, they I, each each episode had their own director so yeah that, that's very common in tv yeah because that was a first for me i'm like holy crap and then the, them talking about how they all work together and how they all know their strong suits and they know I'm, how like one one tackles this thing the other tackles this part like yeah and and john kind of just is like like nods his head because everybody he's probably like the mastermind who put it all together mm. <clears throat> i don't I guess, think that you, normally they have all the directors like together though like when you when we talk about something like the flash like mm-hmm. you've had a multitude of different directors for the flash and including yeah. uh whether it be kevin smith or even you know, uh, the girl that does uh, Supergirl, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's also directed an episode. So it's like, mm-hmm. they're not all there, but it's kind of probably putting this thing together. I'm sure Disney, and they even talk about it in some of this episode, and some of the first episodes, it's like they want to make sure that this is like the best they can put out, you know? <laughs> I'm curious, though, if how often they were yeah, all together. Because I, I don't know, because just... Disney is like notorious for shooting behind the scenes for the sake of shooting behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So we don't even actually know if some of the stuff we saw that was BTS was actual BTS. Yeah. yeah or, or if they were filming it for this filling. series. That's true. Um, or if it was more like, see, like they didn't go in. This would have been what would have been interesting to me is that they would have gone into like how they shot stuff. Because 
I, I'm probably wrong about this, but the implication I got from seeing them on each other's sets was that maybe they had like a set that needed to be used for several episodes. And so mm-hmm. each director had their slot, you know, like with the cast and the set or something like that, why they had it set up. Yeah. Or something. But that mm. that even doesn't make complete sense. Well, I don't know. Because it doesn't make complete sense because the surroundings were that big LED wall, which is really cool. But mm-hmm. they didn't even go to that. I'm guessing that's going to be another episode or something. They'll go into like the LED wall background and stuff. Mm. I'm but, glad that they started with that but, right off the bat because but, I wouldn't have watched the rest of it. But the um, yeah, we'll see that later. But the you know the set in the middle, maybe maybe it was just easier. Or something. I don't know. You know, like or they had a certain set of people hmm. that they could. I don't know. And then 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 you know like whoever like needed to shoot scenes, you just show up that day and do. That. I don't know if that's how it worked or if they just were with each other just so they could know each other's story beats to continue. You know where the last one left off, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you saw meetings. George in there too a few times, so it's like, oh, I yeah. know he's not there in the entire time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I say I couldn't tell. I don't. Was he in there in the Mandalorian sets, or was it just the? Yeah, yeah. There's some of the Mando yeah. sets, huh? Because it was interesting because uh, what's his name, um, Dave Filoni? Yeah. yeah. Specifically said that Lucas doesn't work with them on it anymore. Well, I'm sure they called him in just to kind of probably for one to get some shots of what they're doing now and mm-hmm. for two to like, you know, get some behind the scenes. Like, what do you think about this? I mean, it might just have just been a, per- a period where he was working with them because mm. cause it was just the three of them, John, Joe, and I mean, uh, John, <laughs> Dave, Dave, George. Okay. I can't get all my names. I just couldn't. I guess I. I would say I would go back and watch it, but I'm genuinely not interested. Yeah. Um, but go watch and see like if they were actually those or feels other because Filoni has worked on other Star Wars things. So I don't. I couldn't. I was losing track if they were actually on the Mandalorian set altogether. Mm. But mm. Well, Filoni did the the Clone Wars stuff. Yeah, the 3D Clone Wars. Well, he did the cartoon because they had originally had like a regular cartoon, and then they had the Clone Wars television show. That's a cart. That's like a computer animated. Yeah. So, which is kind of based off the other one. So. Yeah, it was kind of cool to hear his whole like, because he was doing like, he was working for Nickelodeon for La- Last Airbender, and oh, apparently yeah. like people were bullying him because he's such a nerd in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so when they called him up, like, oh, you should meet, come meet George Lucas. We think you're the guy to do this show. He's like, oh, who are, who is this? You guys set this someone up from SpongeBob, like, <laughs> like someone set me up. Like, hey there, we'd like you to be in Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. That so. was a good laugh. Too. he's like you don't know how much i am the guy i'm exactly. the guy or whatever he said there was a good laugh <laughs> he said like the the lady who'd done the the meeting over the phone was like oh i should have not had this person but they had already set up the meeting <laughs> yeah yeah figured they'd humor him yeah i love it and oh. people outside of la just knew how many like whim decisions like create such huge ripples yeah like just that way he was saying, like, when he left that interview, he was like, well, well, I, mean, I probably didn't get it. I'm never going to see these people again. And they not only did they not wait to, like, call him later, she just, like, walked out the door. She's like, you're hired. Bye. And then mm-hmm. shut the door. Okay. You know, like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with that? You just told me I'm part of Star Wars. Another, <laughs> exactly another right. thing that made this thing kind of fun to watch was really just, like, the overall understanding of these guys get it. Like, mm-hmm. they talked enough. They they you hear them talk through this thing you and the important things that they're talking about are all all like the key uh things that make star wars great like 
the heart of it, the story, heart of the storyline, and uh, you know all the bells and whistles, obviously, but more importantly, the the heart of the story. What, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting because I was especially Josh because I know you're really really into Star Wars. Um, I felt like all the things that the directors were pointing out, especially Filoni about the prequels, mm-hmm. um, that they were talking about them like they were all strengths. Yeah. Um, but all the things he mentioned are things I hear Star Wars fan like friends that are Star Wars fans like say they're the opposite. They were the worst. Like what? So like, um, like they were talking about uh, Anakin being just as useless as like Jar Jar Binks and stuff. But he didn't t- speak badly of Jar Jar. You know, he, he like he like the context that he put him in in the sentences and the and the description he had like made Jar Jar just as essential as the other characters to be like this. You know, all this stuff like. It, it wasn't there was no like oh yeah that was a mistake you know or or like maybe yeah. that wasn't our strongest day or something like that they talked about the prequels like they had um how i kind of feel about them because that's when i you know, i've said this before I've, i was brought into the star wars universe through the prequels mm-hmm. and though i don't think they're perfect and anakin could have been a little less cringy like i thought they were big like grandiose movies and i you know i dug it enough that i kept going and mm-hmm. then you know got into the rest of the universe outside of what i already knew and but like uh, the things he was saying about like the, the story arcs and like how people arrived at certain places, like I got it for, because that's kind of how I felt when I first saw them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like all my Star Wars like friends like were just like, no, no, that shouldn't have been this. It should have been that. It should have been that. And I can't disagree with them because I don't know more, you know. But it was just interesting that he didn't acknowledge any shortcomings. Well, of the I think we talked know? about this. I don't know if it was last episode or the time before. Um, we got a little bit into Star Wars, and it was like the prequels are put together pretty well from like an overall arc point of view. Mm -hmm. And the newer ones, I don't think at all because obviously they, they almost didn't, I don't think they knew where they were going when they started it Mm -hmm. and when they didn't really pass it on to anybody else and they didn't finish it very well. But like in this, in the prequels, because we had just watched it, I think, I think, yeah, I was talking about my kids and I had just watched the prequels so we could finish the Clone Wars and Mm -hmm. uh, because they attached so well. And basically the arc is great. It's, for one, it's the hokiness kind of of the the computer animation for me, and then on top of it, the dialogue is just really bad, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's and it, it, there's just not enough points to connect. Like with the Clone Wars show, you can see Anakin slowly getting going bad, mm. yeah, and so or slowly yeah. getting to a point to where like he could make that bad decision, you know. Yeah, anyway, I, I, you I, see it more, much more apparent in the Clone Wars cartoon or the the 3D cartoon than you do in the the sequel uh, or the actual live action. The one thing for sure for Dave is I know that he doesn't see any of that stuff as shortcomings. But that's that's like his children. Yeah. Well, you obviously Even can't Jar talk Jar. about it when you're on a. <laughs> well, I know that, but he's not gonna he's not gonna like just because the people didn't like it. He's not gonna say it was like a bad thing to but do. I get that, or a but mistake. It, it wasn't that he. It wasn't that he should have spoken them as shortcomings. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that he brought them up out like without being provoked as strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which shows you where where his hair, head is. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like if I like if I walk into a room and it's like, guys, you know, you should check me do pull ups. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and stuff. I'm like, but if you see me do pull ups, you know, I can't. I can barely hang onto the bar. Mm. You know, it's just like a really weird thing to bring up when no one asked. You know, because like we're talking about this show. And then he would specifically, and it would connect, you know, he would talk about something in The Mandalorian that connected to his experiences on the prequels. Mm. Yeah. But it was like, I, I feel like 
in most cases, most people just um, like skirt it, you know, or just like n- just don't bring it up. And he brought it up, and it almost kind of implied to me that he was like super proud of it. Yeah, you know. Well, he's definitely into it, which is well, which is my whole thing. Yeah. Is like he's someone that understands it from start from beginning to end. And you from know, that from that instance, he was just saying those two were throwaway things. That's why he brought up Jar Jar and Anakin because in that scene well, that the, they had showed parallel to what he was talking about is that when they picked up Jar Jar and the kid mm-hmm. that they were just why are we keeping them they're throwaway things well that's actually that's actually dialogue in the movie at the that's beginning what I'm saying yeah the beginning of it you, you see Obi-Wan go oh yeah. look something you know, something else we have to you know drag along with us you know kind of deal right. some some other useless <laughs> thing or yeah. whatever yeah connecting but, that to yeah. And and like that's great, and I'm sure you could tell like Dave like because he talks about like sitting down with George Lucas and talking over things several different times, like and just understanding where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. George wrote and directed that those those Phantom Pen- Menace movies. He didn't do everything in the older version, the older movies. Like mm-hmm. other people were split to do different things. So like, I don't I don't know. I feel like when maybe you get some good people doing what they're doing, and and kind of. Uh, leave him alone he, he's he's doing everything in these movies so like you can tell that maybe maybe it didn't come out exactly the way he wanted to do maybe if he let like someone like <laughs> oversee some art certain parts of it it done better but like i said that it's just uh, there's hokey parts of it because i'm sure he was pushing the you know the digital stuff too much and you know just writing maybe had some problems but you could tell dave really he really loved where he was going and the idea mm-hmm. and the arc of where he was going with it and that shows, and especially in the in the Clone Wars cartoon. I guess, like you know, I I was actually talking to some, another uh, friend that is kind of like me. It's like kind of like a casual fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we go to Star Wars movies because it's like going to the Super Bowl. We're gonna go, you know, and we're part of like the public zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. They've kind of brought up a good point. They're like, it, you know, it like if we fast forward to like just written history about now, and, and not necessarily people who live through it we're probably going to remember those Star Wars films as great successes because on paper they made a shit ton of money, you know? And like, we, you know, it, it's just, uh, and, and in the end, like that's what speaks. So that's probably why like they kept going, you know, despite all the controversy around them and bullying cast members and stuff like that. Like it, it's just like they, it's not like the X-Men series that kind of started a little disappointing for fans, but then just like, uh, objectively kept getting worse except for maybe like the whole first class reboot thing you know and then then just got to the point where dark phoenix is like the biggest failure like you know (laughs) in several facets and things like star wars like kept making a lot of money even the flops made a lot of money you know like more than a lot of like normal like bigger you know other blockbuster movies and stuff well people want to see it just and even like this last one i was like you know i just want to see it end like I just want to yeah. watch it and be done with it. I don't want someone to spoil it for me, so I actually mm. paid to go see it. You know, after after the third X Men movie, I was like, nope, no more of this crap. So I didn't watch any of those, and I'm thinking theaters. Except for the last one, the last one with you guys. Yeah, and no, so Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, and I got that for free. Uh, so, Apocalypse <laughs> was even worse. <laughs> oh, it was, dude. I had actually saw that one. I think I can't remember if I paid had to pay for that or not. I was so I felt so bad about it because of Brian Singer's whole deal. But I remember um, having like faith of like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is the one. Mm-hmm. No, I'm I think the Last Stand actually made to... the most money, though. I'm pretty positive of all the X Men movies, Last Stand made the most money, and it's mm. universally hated. Yeah. So I, 
I will say something about Last Stand. I can't actually remember a whole lot about the plot, but I remember it being kind of like for me, like the Fast and Furious movies, like where it's when it's on, there's a lot of shiny stuff happening on screen. <laughs> and and so like it can be on and I can like not pay attention. It cannot and be on and I not pay attention to that awful movie. It's <laughs> I, you need to watch it again if that's true. <laughs> well, just because like I think about like the scene where they're fighting with the bridge and everything, you know, stuff like I, I, I it probably doesn't make sense, but visually, like it looks, you know, like an action movie. Like there's there's stuff flying around, like laser beams flying everywhere and stuff. Like it kind of makes sense, but like um, I didn't like any of them. That was the thing. Like I think the only one I actually actually liked. Um, for the most part was days of future past because it was like a little bit more to me like x-men mm. but also undid all the things i hated about the movie franchise mm-hmm. um, and that's why i thought they thought i was like okay they have a handle on it now apocalypse <laughs> nope and they immediately ruined it like, they put brian singer back in charge of it <laughs> gosh that was the worst upset i'm not even as big a fan as josh is but like, cause I, you, we hear you get upset about some of the continuity stuff and some like liberties taken from away from source material, stuff like that. But the, like, this was the worst uh, live action apocalypse. I mean, it's the only one, but it was, it was the worst I've ever seen the, as an attempt because apocalypse, there's just so much great things to unpack in these live, in a live, live action, especially like where Marvel is today with their CG and stuff like that, or not even just Marvel, just Marvel, 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 just uh, all of the CG companies now, mm. like to where they could really make a sick looking thing and it's just fail, fail, fail. Well, they fail, didn't fail. even have, they wouldn't even follow their own continuity is the problem. The, the main yeah, problem is they didn't apocalypse. follow their own continuity. It was yeah, awful. The, the, all they had to do was like certain fan favorite things and they you, couldn't even do that. You no. could, you could write a book on things that just, didn't have to be brought up to be an incontinuity. Mm-hmm. Like, like Moira McTaggart, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Yeah, that was like stupid. It was just yeah. like that could have literally just been Susan. Like, the four horsemen, stupid. Like, that was supposed but, to be great. Yeah, but I mean, I guess as far as continuity is the Moira thing, but also like the aging doesn't make sense. Yeah, at all. You're like, what, what, like, what, what, what did somebody point out? Like, what happened to like uh, Xavier Magneto between 1990 and 2000? Yeah. Because they, <laughs> they stayed the same quickly. age from like the 60s <laughs> yeah. through the 90s. Yeah. They're like literally the same actor, same age. And then from the, yeah, like 90s, 2000s, like age 30 years. Mm-hmm. So bad. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. So, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like because it wasn't as amazing as it could have been, mm-hmm. like the, the Star Wars, the newer ones especially, aren't going to be remembered very well. I mean, because it just didn't, they didn't have a story arc over the top of it. And they what they had at the end, they kind of just hobbled together. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be remembered as like a classic. Yeah. I just think like when they look at the books, it'll just be like, oh, like the the you know this this set of movies, these like nine movies, they did very well, you know. And um, unless there's someone who was there to experience it, that's still around. I don't know if people like will necessarily like n- just know without seeing that like the middle three were like the best or something. are we you talking I mean? like 50 years in the future 100 years in the future well the thing i pr- proposed earlier was like past like to written history instead of like okay you know like experienced you know so it's like kind of like us talking about you know pioneers mm. we're guessing 
<laughs> there's not a living person that was part of that, you know. Yeah. But like, um, you know, you just—it's interesting to think of like what can kind of be misinterpreted. Like there was a joke. I don't know if Josh, you ever heard this, but I remember being in college. Like, um, there was a whole thing about like anti piracy because when we went to college, it was like right in the heat of like Napster and everything because yeah. we just left high school and that started. And we got to college, you know, just now you have a whole campus of people with like hard drives and everything. <laughs> exactly, it just got crazier. Um, the I think people are drag racing in our neighborhood now that there's nobody <laughs> driving around. Um, so, uh, so we were saying like why why it's important to buy the music you like is not only to support the artist, do all that right stuff, is because like if you want the history books to look right. Um, then that that's all they're gonna know, you know, is like sales and chart numbers and stuff. Hmm. So like at that time, if we fast forward in history, like they may forget about um, I don't know, like the Death Cab for Cuties and like, you know, really cool bands and stuff and be like, Oh, you know what was classic rock, like the pinnacle of a, of like good rock music? Nickelback. Because the sales numbers were insane, you know? And you look in if no one was around, they couldn't tell you like, okay, it's sold a lot. But we wouldn't really say it's like the pinnacle, like example of like what we want it to be, you know, like or something. Right. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I would say, I mean, disco was kind of, especially when I was in, growing up in the '90s, mm-hmm. like everybody hated disco. Like disco was like, especially punk rockers, even to that time, was like, oh, that's awful. Even though it's like now, like that that kind of you know, funk and everything else is kind of making itself way back into music. Like, so we still kind of would think of that even though i'm sure it made lots and lots of money or they wouldn't have done it so (laughs) it's funny yeah it's it's very similar to nickelback in the sense that nobody will it's kind of like uh when you when rod talks about uh what's uh oh chris rock had this joke back in the 90s of like spice girls yeah spice girls (laughs) they're magical some sold 10 million albums ain't nobody you know bought one magic exactly yeah. <laughs> Nobody would admit that they like disco, but mm-hmm. even me, like I, I like disco, but I don't like the original stuff. I just like w- what influences got brought over into newer types of genres, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like even Wikipedia talks about like how things were well received and if we have better technology in the future, I'm sure we'll know like whether or not things were well received. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I... I you know I enjoyed this thing. I mean I I especially enjoyed when Filoni would talk. Like Favreau was okay. The rest of them, I don't know. Like I remember the like everybody who I'm sure has directed stuff like Singer. I'm sure even was even like I've always been a fan of the X Men. But like I think Bryce Dallas Howard was like oh I've always been a fan. And yeah, I just don't convincing. believe that. <laughs> I mean I was even looking up. It's like well yeah you're a great actress. But what have you directed, and why are you here? <laughs> Hasn't she directed like other TV stuff though? <laughs> Only a couple of things. I mean, okay. uh, what Deborah Chow has directed a ton of great stuff. So like, dude, which awesome. Is, Glad she's on there. Yeah, uh, she did Mister Robot and stuff. Exactly. Wh- which and so, is like, all, and Taika which, being there is that's perfect. Like, great, good job for getting Taika on there. Yeah. But, which yeah, well, that was amazing. Uh, it was the Deborah Chow you said. Yeah. Like she. The, her credit list is so impressive, and even thinking of the episodes that she's credited to, to uh, directing and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like fantastic work. Her talking, like I don't, kn- I don't know how she gets things across on set. Like <laughs> it, it was so, it was weird because like I'm generally pretty like open minded to like people and their demeanor and stuff. Mm-hmm. This group of people was just a snooze, and like when she would talk, 
it's like she was use as many adjectives in a sentence as possible. You know? <laughs> like she she said poetic like delivery, I think like six times in a row or something. And and I was like, I get it, you know. Say it without saying it, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't like I don't want to rag on it because it's not bad by any means, mm-hmm. but I just it was a I think you need to go into it knowing that it's a like more of a podcast, yeah, than yeah. like a BTS and B, um, was it? I already lost my train of thought, podcast, um, oh, and B, I was really surprised, uh, of how uninterested in a lot of the directors I was. Yeah, because mm, usually yeah. I love that behind scenes and seeing people. There's something I can't put my finger on why I just lost interest in most of the lines of dialogue that they were exchanging. Mm. It's almost like this was an afterthought. I mean, can everyone agree on that? Oh, this uh, thing. Um, yeah, well, like, obviously, it's just kind of like I pull everybody in afterwards uh, uh, because there because there wasn't really like a. It didn't feel like somebody sat down and was like, "This is what we want to do here. Mm. Let's film it." It was like, here's a bunch of crap we just have. Turn it into something. Yeah, that's how I feel about the second episode, especially. Like I said, halfway through, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, let's screw this earlier. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, we'll go back like, to right, the we don't have guys. enough. Yeah, let's just pull <laughs> from the first one. This this wasn't a criticism, but at one point I looked at Vince and I was like, i not saying I hate it. I would just really love an interview with the camera guys and their decisions. The mm-hmm. cuts. Like, well, just what's, and going, the angles. what's just going on in their head, you know? Because like, nothing was like horrible. I didn't say like, oh, why they shoot like that? But there was like a, hmm, what was going through your head when you decided to set the camera there? There was Just so much movement for, for me. <laughs> it, it was like a little too much movement. But I get it because if it wasn't there, yeah. I would have got even further bored. Well, yeah, it was weird because <laughs> it was like they, it, it, at first they kind of like looked like it was handheld. Yeah. <laughs> but the movement was really weird. So you could tell it was on a tripod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, and, and so like, it was like, it's on a tripod and someone's like manually moving it. Or it's a plug-in. Yeah, yeah something. like a handheld plug-in, and um, and then the, it would shake. be like just like the the one director's like ear from the back, and then like a third of the screen is covered by like the the grate that's covering the camera <laughs> and the windows, you know, and stuff. And I'm like, I guess that's kind of kind of artistic, but I just don't. I, I was I'm just wondering like if the if it's a producer's call or the camera guy's call, it's like what thought process led you to the, all those shot decisions? Yeah. yeah. It was just interesting. I was like, huh, this is a really, uh, or maybe that was the point. It was that, that was the thing I was interested in. I was like, what? Why? That? That's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I mean, thought provoking. Obviously they're, you know, well, just similar to the swamp thing, thing where they're like, Hey, let's hurry up. We need, we need more stuff. I mean, I'm sure Disney needs some more stuff because of the whole coronavirus thing, kind of knocking all these other things down temporarily. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this is probably the easiest thing to do. Like, yeah. hey, let's just hurry up and get these guys in here. We'll shoot some whatever and, you know, chop it up and send it out. I'm sure they probably already had this shot like a while ago. I'm going to say it sounded like they had just worked on it. I, really? They didn't say that. Because they don't have but, anybody wearing masks. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, just worked on the show. Oh, okay. Like, like it, it it feels like it was the week after they wrapped. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sat down. Like, uh, they didn't say that. It just, like, I, it, it felt that way by the way that they were talking, to me at least. Hmm. So it'd be interesting to find out when they actually film that. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. Wonder if they were gonna like it, shove it on like the DVD or be like, hey, we'll just put this somewhere some point in time. But like makes, this time, they're like, hey, we're just gonna release it now because we still need some stuff to kind of trickle along before we get out to the Mandalorian, which is the only thing right now apparently that's not being pushed back. Oh yeah, I guess it's finished. Yep. Oh yeah, I heard no delay, right? Yeah, but for, what what is no delay? Was that the end of this year? Uh, it was yeah. just that yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's going to come out at its regular schedule, which I well, I don't even know what, it, uh, what I think day. November 
I'll okay. check it. The one la- final thing I will say uh, for everybody, really, if you're going to watch these things, the the emanating feeling that I'm having that hasn't gone away is that I really do feel good about Star Wars and the Mandalorian uh, as far as it being in good hands. Like after listening to all these people talk about Star Wars and just seeing the passion in their eyes, like Rod had mentioned before, like I really do, it does, it really does comfort me knowing that something that I love so much as Star Wars uh, is, is in the right hands, I think. Well, yeah. that's why I like, I had talked about so many times before, obviously, I'm sure you're going to be bored with it by now, but like having Dave and even John Favreau, who obviously still has you know, a love for the the lore or whatnot, but having Dave in charge of it, who mm-hmm. seems to have a deeper knowledge and understanding and, you know, always, you know, like the last thing he said is like, you know, George said this and I believe it too, is to remember to make these things hopeful. It's like, yeah, that really hit strong with me. It's like, this guy should be the, the, uh, Feige. For yeah. Star Wars. So, so that message, though, really, to me, and I know this might be fighting words to some people, um, really justified the end of Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, it opened it up to be like, this is what I always says, like, my niece, you know, she could be a Jedi, even yeah. if she wasn't born into or something. So now that makes sense, you know, to me, of like, if that was kind of like the guiding light, you know, between all these different yeah. branches of Star Wars. Hope has always been it. Yeah, like, like, put like uh, a new uh, not a new, like a new perspective of hope on that you know yeah on whenever you button it up somehow it's and cool stuff. evolving hope yeah so i hope that he's i really hope that they choose him to go forward to do more for the star wars universe i guess i could see that i, I know I taika's just, gonna do some stuff um i mean he's okay week. well th- it's it, it's cool that you said that because all of them had their certain certain things that they were great at, and I think what was it, Dallas? She she had the, uh, what they describe as one of the harder episodes because of the water and the 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 vastness of the episode, how big it was, and, uh, and then that what is Taika had like a comedy kind of vibed one. I forget what they showed clips of the one that he did. Well, I think he did one of the later later ones, one of the last ones, mm-hmm. I think, which is the whole because thing with the. Because he was hand. acting in the previous ones. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so this is another thing. Definitely Dave and definitely John, but also those two picking these other uh, directors because of what they do. And then hearing John and Dave talk about how, like, yeah, well, this one was like the heist one, mm-hmm. and then this one was like a mm-hmm. western, the and little this, mini movies. This one's yeah. like a yeah, and that they're they're grabbing these talented directors to do to do the best of what they can do and the best of what they know they can do. Yeah. So it's really it's really you know comforting something else that like really surprised me in neither a good or a bad way it was just like huh i didn't think about that was that this was shot in los angeles yeah. i know that sounds weird to people outside of here but like there's a lot of stuff that just shoots in like canada or atlanta or something like that you know because yeah, it's and generally guess, cheaper or you get some tax yeah. write-offs and this you know this space like in la you can't really find like a big open field a lot of places you know unless you're a lot that has that or something yeah if you go to georgia you could have wakanda you know yeah so like I just kind of expected, like, oh, yeah, they're probably just shooting somewhere, you know, one of those places, Vancouver or uh, Atlanta stuff. And they were talking about being on a sound stage in L.A. And I was like, oh, you know, that makes sense because, like, we like half of Los Angeles actors are in Mandalorian at some point. Yeah. And it makes sense that they're just here. And it's just a sound stage with that big LED thing. So I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm just kind of surprised. Like, okay, so this is, this is actually a little local thing. Mm. <laughs> mm, yeah. 
It's really yeah. cool. Good deal. They're, they do show a little bit of like behind the scenes stuff. It's not as much as I would we all would have wanted, but uh, you know, for those of you who are gonna take the the time to watch these two episodes. Yeah, you know, if you love Star fun, Wars, I mean, stuff. you like it. <laughs> well, it's interesting perspectives I, I, that you would never get otherwise. I think I think if you go into it thinking of it as like an elevated podcast, mm-hmm. like you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, someone prepped me for Venom. They're like, you're going to go see a really good buddy cop film. Right. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, because I would have just assumed it was an action film. Man, I would have been way more disappointed <laughs> and stuff. But like having like the, either the right context. So in this, it's great. It's just, it's a discussion more than like a, behind the scenes thing right yep uh, so what should we do I, next week anybody <laughs> have gonna, final gonna, thoughts i was gonna ask have, have you been keeping up with rick and morty i have Vincent not and i just started <laughs> back up again in this uh, season the uh i'll say uh, what was it called it was episode six rick and morty um what episode was it uh rick and morty Season four, but wow, everything is so hard to find. <laughs> um, it was, oh, never, wait, never Ricking Morty. Um, it's about a train. Mm-hmm. I think might be one of my new favorite episodes ever now. Because <laughs> it was, it's pretty damn good. The I love, I don't see, I don't want to like spoil it for you if you're going to watch it. Um, but like, the, they find new ways of like making me laugh. So like you know like how um, uh, instead of just doing like you know Family Guy Simpsons they all have like their formula you know like they set up yeah. in a random way this happens this happens like Rick and Morty like I'm not going to be one of those people who says you have to be an intellectual person to appreciate this I just appreciate that they don't assume the audience is dumb when they're writing it yeah and so the thing that makes me laugh is like in this case was the fact of how difficult it was for me to keep up with the story. And that really surprised me because, like, you know, because I'm going in and like, oh, they're going to because the first four or five episodes of season four, it was it was kind of like the Simpsons kind of thing. There's clever things in the episodes, but they were all kind of just sitcom things. They weren't super deep. Yeah. And it was funny. But then they dropped in with this one, uh, episode six, and it 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 was way meta. Well, it it was just. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm laughing at like how like convoluted the story is. And great. they purposely made it that yeah. like you could t- it, it was purposeful like five minutes in. It was really hard um, to follow. Super offensive if you're religious though. Yeah, uh, just gonna put that. that out there. Uh, but I, I mean, I feel like I'm a spiritual person. My brother's a pastor. I grew up in the church. I think in the context of entertainment is really funny. I mean, I wouldn't bring it up at mass or anything. But like, I, it, the the way I saw it, it was like it wasn't disrespecting like the religious figures. I th- it was serving a point in the plot line, and that's hard to describe. If you've seen it, you know what I mean. Um, and I feel like, in a way, it doesn't really like support or detract from like the the Christian faith. But I th- I, f- I feel like is in a way it actually kind of like uh, re- like strengthens kind of like the brand if that makes sense. Because the reason they brought that aspect in was because it it was the most extreme of this thing that they had to bring up in the story, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." And then we watched the one after that, and about like these face hugger things, and again, I mean, I'd like the other one more, but this face hugger thing was really funny because it's imagine the one thing we haven't seen in alien and sci fi movies 
is like what does the um the society of face huggers look like <laughs> gosh and we got a whole episode of it and it's non-linear they pull like a memento on us mm. it's it's so funny but the thing is they, they followed a formula and then just kept poking fun at the formula yeah you have that whole like 90s indie movie where you start at the middle or something mm. and uh i don't know i'm i'm looking forward to the rest of the season and they included like a bonus five minute anime yeah that was cool and weird really weird actually it was like and it wasn't it was like, what was it? it was like ah it was like a 3d thing sorry well it was you know how um some like 2d animation could have like that 3d component where it it looks like a piece of paper but it rotates like in a weird cg way and stuff yeah it was kind of like that it was but it was beautiful and it was totally played straight yeah but again the thing that was hilarious about it was how straight it played it i don't know it's it's a good and what good was season. it called shogun samurai and samurai right? something like that yeah. samurai and shogun i think it was called hmm. but i i don't know i we we were like you you have to have cable to like watch it on streaming and stuff yeah that's what and sucks is i haven't watched any of it because like you have to have a certain channel or you have to have yeah. cable or something weird and, like, and for a while well, i'm not we found some we found some like more uh thrifty corners of the internet to watch the first half of the season mm-hmm. and then the internet got sloppy or something because they started putting the episodes out of order Mm. so i looked on itunes i was like oh 20 bucks Vince. i'm just gonna buy this season because <laughs> now we'll know we have it the day it comes out you know um but i don't know that was just an idea if i don't know if you want to watch rick and morty but i'm certainly up for talking about it next week pickle rick well i was gonna say um the justice league dark apocalypse war apparently mm. is insane oh, okay is that something new that came out or is that well, it's one of the movies ex- that just came existing out. okay so it's like a, you know one of the cartoon movies. So oh, I'll have to see. I think I'd, I. I mean, I've seen the like dark stuff before, so you know, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Apparently, is it it's on just nuts. Which app is it on? I don't think it's on an app. Oh I'm no, sh- I'm not sure. I'll have to take a look here. It's we obviously have things. Yeah, probably. If, let me take a look. Uh, other than that, I'm not sure if I'd want to do the Rick and Morty thing. Because if I have to pay for like a full season of it, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing is the the episodes after they air, like the first half of the fourth season is all free on Adult Swim. Yeah, that's weird. It's the latest two episodes that are, it's it's a whole interesting thing. Yeah. I'm really, I'm super interested in seeing how they're going to tie the season up. Because Mm. at first I thought it was pointless and now I'm starting to see how it's coming together. Mm. And... I, I know that's not going to because I think their whole thing is they're going to rip the rug on it from underneath us, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just not address it. So out of one thousand four hundred and eighty-three ratings, it has a four point eight, and it's got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes for Justice oh, League wow. Dark. Okay, so I don't nice. know. It just came yeah, out a hundred percent tomato meter, ninety-two percent audio audience meter. Nice. So like, oh. I've just been hearing tons of insane stuff about this and. Yeah. Is it TVMA or is it TV? Oh, yeah, it's, it's R. <laughs> Sweet. So, Because I don't watch uh, unless it's like gory. Rebecca Remains in it. Rosario Dawson's in it. Rain Wilson's in it. It's, yeah. DC's done some like really violent, mature Superman mm. and stuff. So, and this is supposed to be like the end of the dark, the end of the arc of everything, because there's actually an arc to kind of like their, their they call it like the murderverse or something. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've seen some like 
crazy. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some stuff too, man. Mm. It gets dark. Well, this one, yeah, this one gets dark. Mm. It's apparently cool. So I don't know. So all this new sure. stuff for you guys to watch: Mandalorian episodes, Rick and Morty. Um. Oh, sorry. Real quick, I remember why I brought up Rick and Morty mm-hmm. was for Josh. I don't know what their production schedule is like, but they address the coronavirus. Oh, weird. This episode. Oh, like, yeah. Rick straight right. up says, like, we should just stay home and order stuff online. That's what everybody's doing during a global pandemic. Right. <laughs> like, e- e- either they're they just, becoming the new Simpsons predicted it, or they just, they worked it in. Yeah, it could have been, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I imagine it's been good. We've been doing what we're doing for two months now, so, I mean. Yeah. Random. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, just wild. Like, oh, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, guys, you got a bunch of new stuff to watch, and uh, we always appreciate you stopping in, especially all you new peeps. Uh, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us at Yellow Spandex, and we will see you next week. Quibi, if you want us to come on your platform, give us a holler. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not short enough content. Peace out, you nerds. <laughs>